If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 498. It's one of our favorite episodes of the year, our annual pre-E3 predictions. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. I'm so excited for today. Yes, and Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. It is an exciting show. It's the dawn of E3. I'm ready to go. Bringing the heat, bringing the noise. And joining us as well, our old friend Cam Hawkins. Welcome back, Cam. Backstreet's back, baby. I'm super excited to talk about E3. Like, again, I've, I've listened to this uh, podcast for years, and like I've always just dreamed of being on this panel and just talking about e3 predictions xbox e3 i'm ready let's do this yeah you're gonna be with us live on yes. sunday so just yes. a reminder to everybody tune in live on ign it's gonna be this exact group that you're seeing on screen right now we'll have our pre-show we'll be talking about what we're excited to see what we think we're gonna see uh, that is going to be at 9 30 a.m on pacific 12 30 p.m eastern on sunday and then just watch the whole thing right with us, right on IGN. And then you better be there. Yeah. And then we'll roll right into the post show where we will react. That that's maybe my that might be my actual favorite unlocked every year is the yes. when we immediately come back live right after the press conference. We've just opened all of our presents on Christmas morning and we talk about them. So, um, yeah, just one stop shop. YouTube.com slash IGN or just watch right on the website, IGN.com, or I guess our Twitch, twitch.tv slash IGN, wherever you prefer of those uh, various channels, join us. So let's get started then. It's not going to waste any time. The 47th annual IGN podcast unlocked (laughs) Xbox E3 predictions. Now, if you're thinking, well, wait a second, Xbox has only been around for 20 years. It's fine. We're just it feels like we've di- we've done this a lot, but because, <laughs> you know, we do get Gamescom shows in there anyway. Not a real number. Just let's move on. We're gonna do these, number. As always, round robin style. So we'll just kind of take turns. We'll go around, snake through. Everybody will take a turn. Uh, but first, 
It's always fun to look back on our predictions from the previous E3. I have those here. And uh, so this this now, there obviously was no proper E3 last year, but there was an Xbox showcase in July, which was effectively their E3 press conference. So Brandon Tyrell, not here. He, for, by the way, for those kindly asking every week about Brandon, he is alive. He is well but he's in he's just in meetings all day like he's basically planning all of our E3 live programming. It's a big job. We appreciate him for for taking it head on. And so yeah, he has just not been able to get to us on unlocked here for a while, but he is okay and he's out there. He sends his love. So, uh last July, so 11 months ago, Brandon said I fully expect this to be the Halo Infinite and Hellblade 2 show with deeper dives and gameplay reveals for both. He gets a half a point. He gets half credit there. We really did not get anything new from Hellblade 2, but we certainly got the now infamous Halo Infinite campaign demo. He also said, I expect we'll get a nod to Fable, rumored to be in development by Playground Second Studio. Yes, indeed. That was our one more thing. Uh, expect to see more of Everwild. Yeah, we did get a little more there. So he did pretty well. He did pretty well on, on his prediction. Now, Miranda... What if you have it open here? What what did you think would happen before the <laughs> July showcase last year? Mine was really bad. Also, last year I was just like, just kind of throwing my hands up, saying, "Man, I don't know." <laughs> I had the worst prediction. So last year I said it wouldn't be me if I didn't say Fusion Frenzy reboot. Which you know that's not necessarily completely out of left field. Like you're getting new console launches, party games are a good thing to go with that. Uh, we did not get Fusion Frenzy reboot unfortunately for me but you can still uh, get it on game pass so that's that's just as good almost water levels um and then i said a reel with big third party games of course <laughs> that was like the easiest like throwaway thing for me um i mentioned specifically fortnite i actually don't remember if there's anything specific with fortnite at um e3 last year and then i said i can only talk about games that start with an f so i said fallout um which did not happen anything. And I also said teases Xbox Series S. That didn't happen either. Yeah, that ended up being that ended up being leaked ahead of time in September. We had to wait a little longer for that one. Um so you know, not not too bad. You know, you did okay. Now, uh Destin, you wrote three words on this document last year, last July. <laughs> what did I write? <laughs> <laughs> you wrote Halo and teases, so good job, buddy. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> way to really, way to really like put effort. yourself it, out there. It, if I think back, I think I, I think I thought the focus would largely just be Halo, and uh, I think that was the main thing that people took away. And then they teased a bunch of stuff. So really, I nailed it. <laughs> you just, I'm batting a thousand. Let's boy, go. You're, yeah, you're uh, you're just Nostradamus over here. So I can't wait to hear what you've what you've come up with for this year, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and then as for me, I said Fable CG teaser. So I did get that one right. Double Fine shows Psychonauts 2 gameplay with a release date. Mm, we didn't get that. Uh, and then I said also teases Banjo 3E. Sadly, no, no luck on that. Uh, Perfect Dark. Nope. We had to wait till the game awards for that. And uh, a new, I said new IP from Obsidian's Pillars of Eternity team. Uh, and not Compulsion Games, which uh, proved to be avowed. So, and then Compulsion was quiet, though. So, 
you know, did okay. Uh, did okay on, on mine. So let's move to this year and get started. Uh, first, I want to go to... Uh, uh, us. Over here. Let's go to our guest. Let's go to Cameron Hawkins first. <laughs> oh, I'm first? Oh, you're first. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Just one, pick Surprise. one of your predictions, right. your first one. Yeah, let's get it started. All right, so the first two, the, the first two are ones i think realistically happen the last one is going to be just like a hype like this would be amazing if this happened but we'll see if it actually does so my first prediction is that microsoft will announce at least two studio acquisitions mm. and one of them is going to be a sobo studio uh who's known for doing microsoft flight simulator a plague tale innocence um I think that they have good ties with Microsoft. I think uh, that A Plague Tale, when it came out in 2019, if I remember correctly, was a really, really good, like, double-A budget um, adventure game. And uh, just seeing how much they were able to do with the the budget that they had, like, that would be a great get for, uh, for Microsoft. I, I think that would be a really great studio with uh, giving a variety of games uh they would keep microsoft flight simulator updated which you know if i remember correctly got a 10 uh oh, yes it did so i i just think i just think that's an easy smart move on microsoft's part is to just uh like just wrap them up around their finger and be like all right join the family and uh give them endless pockets of money to make incredible third uh triple a games that's a sound prediction i mean you you can look at uh the playground relationship as a as a good comp there where playground was doing obviously they've, they've spent years doing forza horizon games exclusive to the microsoft ecosystem before they finally tied the knot and and acquired them a couple of years back so yeah i think i think you might be onto something with that one that would that would not surprise me at all so cam getting us started strong destin don't let me down here what's your first prediction <laughs> all right go big or go home right so bill spencer Comes out on stage. He talks about Game Pass. They have another like 20 million subscribers or some crazy number, right? And then they go to the first reveal, Xbox exclusive. It's Halo. They have to open with Halo. They have to show the improvements that have happened in the engine because that is what everybody wants to know. But it's a two-parter. They open with the campaign. They open up with technical details. And then they show multiplayer. Mm. And they have some sort of beta window where you can actually Play the Halo Infinite multiplayer. I think that would get a lot of people hyped. And don't forget, we still haven't seen this mysterious new mode that they are very, very confident about. So moving on from there, I think they have two surprises. That's four if I do both hands, but two. They have two surprises lined up. And then one a third surprise, which is I agree with Cam's assessment of an acquisition of another studio. I think those two surprises are new things, so I don't know what they would be necessarily. But moving on from there, I think we continue to see this trend of Xbox exclusive, Xbox exclusive, because that is the narrative they need to be talking about. We have exclusives. Here's everything that's coming. We're going to see teases predicting. I'm predicting we see teases from Avowed again. I think we see another tease from Perfect Dark. I think we finally figure out what's going on with Forza, whatever Exile is working on. Uh, stated a K3. I do think we see another update from Hellblade 2, but that is sort of a behind the scenes look at, and just a reminder hey, Hellblade 2 still coming on the way on Real Engine 5. We're doing a ton of work there. We figure out what's going on with Omen, that Bethesda IP. Um, something about Indiana Jones, the rumored Kojima partnership 
That Dustin, is that's not moment. three things. That's, I know, that's uh, so many we're, things. You're we're stealing gonna have things. To have this is phase two. Round this is phase two. You're stealing predictions at this point. Jeez, Dustin. All right. You're well, well, finale finale why we write them down. Oh, my goodness. That's the whole run of show. Sorry. Dustin's the kid on Christmas morning who can't let his sibling have a turn. He just tears open all the gifts at once. Sorry. And that's what happens. So, all right. We're done with Destin. <laughs> Miranda, it's your turn. So look, give me one, please. I will give you one, and I'll kind of go off from where uh, Dustin was saying. I think they're going to announce a new Kojima Productions game, exclusive to Xbox. Um, so we have learned time and time again that there are details hidden in the backgrounds of people, <laughs> of like just different developers' video frames. And you're like, if you really look, Really, look, there might be something there, and perhaps one of the most obvious ones we've seen recently in the background of Phil Spencer's camera. Um, hey, Phil, was you know the Kojima Productions mascot, so that really cool spaceman, uh, sitting back there. And it is a large statue, so it's hard to, hard to miss. Um, Kojima Productions is still obviously a rather new studio, so what they do is pretty open at this point, so it would be Cool to see Microsoft try to say, hey, Kojima, like, what if we worked on something together? What if we publish your next game? Um, or even just like a one-off. Who could say what it's going to be? Um, their studio is, again, just sort of figuring things out. And I'm sure Kojima has plenty of game ideas. So it'd be kind of cool to see that on Xbox. That would be a big moment for sure, should, uh, should Kojima come out and announce a new exclusive game. All right. For me, I'm going to go straight to Starfield here. Uh, I do think it will... I think we will see gameplay, but probably pretty brief. Just a little little teaser, no, no sort of long-form gameplay demo, but I think we will see a little gameplay. I think it's going to be the one more thing at the very end of the show, and this last part I don't deserve any credit for should it happen, uh, but since Jason Schreier is already tweeting about it, but I suspect we will get that release window, which Schreier has said is late 2022, as of last he knew. But yeah, I think... Starfield as the one more thing with a little bit of gameplay in there. So that's that's my first one. Uh, so let me go back Cam's way now. Give me prediction number two for this weekend, Cam. <clears throat> All right. So we know that Phil Spencer's been trying to get more Japanese games on the console, like, you know, to attract Japanese market and specifically JRPGs. And uh, so my second prediction which has already kind of been leaked in a sense, rumored, is that Persona 5 Royal is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it was recently uh, rated for Xbox in Korea, um, and there were like murmurs ahead of that. So I am doubling down on that. I think it's happening. Um, and, I, and just because I feel like that I'm kind of cheating because it's kind of been leaked, I want to add something onto this uh, prediction, is that Please. I also think that tales of arise is going to be a day one game pass title and the reason why i think that is because we know that tales of arise is getting like the marketing deal behind xbox bandai namco has been doing that with xbox with scarlet nexus and uh tales of arise and the other uh consoles playstation and uh the switch they each have upcoming uh exclusive jrpgs um uh playstation has final fantasy 16 and Switch has Shin Megami Tensei 5. So while Tales of Arise isn't going to be exclusive to Xbox, that would be a great get to be like, 
hey, you know, you can play these on, you can play Tales of Arise on other systems, but you can get it day one on Game Pass, Tales of Arise. Uh, it's a very anticipated uh, JRPG. So I think, but like, I don't know when Persona 5 Royal is going to come to Game Pass. I just think it is. But I yeah. think that Tales, Tales of Arise will be announced at the conference day one Game Pass at launch. And I believe launch is September for that game. September, that I believe. Yes. Yeah, I think I think I've got that right. We we've got that right. So yeah, that'd be a good one. I mean, that's a that's a well regarded series, big JRPG franchise. So that'd be fantastic to drop right into game. And certainly Persona Five, you know, that that would be that would make a lot of people very happy to be able to just dump right into that what hundred hour role playing game. Yeah, <laughs> right I just bought, I just bought that on PlayStation Five. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm wearing my futaba shirt i'm like i'm trying to i was i had like a little easter egg you know going into the uh, predictions <laughs> speak it into existence i like this week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by nord vpn hey if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts nord vpn is a great way to go you can use nord vpn a virtual private network to watch live sporting events TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Like that. All right. Uh, again, Destin's done, so we'll just move on to Miranda. <laughs> Prediction number two from Miranda. Yeah, so you see, uh, the thing is, when you get too excited to open your presents, you do it all at the beginning, then you have to patiently wait and <laughs> watch right. everyone else open theirs, and then, you know. <laughs> Can I play with the toys yet? No, Destin. Wait no, till yeah. everyone else has unwrapped everything. 
Uh, so the next one I have, I think, is a little, it's a rather grounded prediction. Um, so I think we're going to get a new Compulsion game announced and potentially even out this year. So based on what they've had previously, they have about a three-year dev cycle. They did just finish the We Happy Few uh, DLC. So that came out in 2016, or so it says since July 2016. So, so it's been out technically since 2019. Um, and then their previous game, Contrast, was 2013, and then, you know, came out at a different time. So anyway, uh, based on the cycle of development there, I could see them having something to announce and potentially also release this year. Um, I do kind of think that Microsoft is going to have to do that. It's like, oh, we have a lot coming out this year, and we're going to announce it at E3. Like they, they just have to start rolling things out. Um, so one of the reasons I think that even with delays with the pandemic, I think there was supposed to be maybe more coming out this year earlier on. Um, you know, keep in mind, they just they just launched new consoles. We're in a new generation and there hasn't been a lot coming out. And I don't think that was originally the plan. I think with the pandemic, a lot of development got delayed. And so instead of just announcing it prematurely or things that they were going to say, OK, it's going to be out, you know, soon, um, they did have time to readjust when they were going to announce it. So it, it they still keep that momentum and excitement. Um, and you get to have those closer releases um, after the announcement. So I think Compulsion will be up to bat for that, at least. I like that. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the studios who we have not heard from yet. We did not mm -hmm. hear from them at all at any of the Xbox events last year. So they'd be a good candidate. And We Happy Few was such an intriguing idea. I I didn't quite like it as much as I wanted to, but yeah, yeah you know, they'll have the backing of Microsoft's resources and and time and budget now so very eager to see what they do now for me i'm going to go back to the psychonauts well i love tim schaefer and i love double Yay. fine i think we I'm, I'm doubling down again <laughs> this is one of those where eventually i'll just get it right but i think we'll get i'll, I'll specify here i'll really you know i won't take half credit this will be an all or nothing prediction so i think we will get a release date for psychonauts 2 at this e3 press conference and I believe that release date will be in the next 30 days. I think this will be out very, very soon. So that is what I'm hoping to see and wanting to see from Tim Schaefer and Double Fine. Um, all right, last round, round three. I'll just go ahead and go. I'll get, get mine out of the way. And I'm going to say, again, I'm, just, I'm shooting my shot. Here it goes. I'm going to try to speak it into existence, even though I'm only barely clinging to the faintest of hope and optimism here year after year but i'm going i'm going for it there is going to be a new splinter cell teaser that just sets the internet completely ablaze it's going to be the three green lights that just appear out of a black screen with the sound of the goggles turning on and then a logo with the game title on it and and i'm going to freak out and it's going to be great and ubisoft's finally going to make my dream come true of bringing Splinter Cell back to life. So the Xbox stage would be the place to do it as a, uh, because they, they've been partners for a long, long time on Splinter Cell, going back to the very, very beginning. So that's it. I'm doing it. Splinter Cell, let's make it happen. Random. Coming to Far Cry 6 is a pre-order incentive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so we'll get you all hyped up, and then that's they'll right. add that footnote. That's right. All right, Miranda, right, your, your, third and, your third and final prediction. Uh, I think we're going to get Ken Levine's Ghost Story Games project announced. So if you guys don't remember, this happened a long time ago, uh, but Irrational Games closed down. Ken Levine said, I'm taking a small portion of this team, and we are making Ghost Story Games, and we're going to go make a new game. We don't know what that new game is still. 
So we are still waiting. And I think the Xbox stage would be a perfect place for them to announce that. So that'd be cool if they just say, hey, this is our game. Also, it's coming out this year. That's like the, the oh. stretch goal coming out this <laughs> year. I, like I just that. like they've been working out for so long. I'm just like, what is it already? Please. I, I love Violet Shock. I love Ken Levine's stories. And I would just I don't know. I'd lose it if we got that finally announced. I mean, it's going to happen someday. So someday I will lose it. But, you know, <laughs> I'm ready. I like that. I mean, yeah, you're right. Bioshock Infinite was because I reviewed it for IGN. That was oh, another man. lifetime. Was that early 2013, <laughs> I think. I I think. Or was that 2012? Jeez. Anyway, long time ago is the point. So, yeah, it is. Uh, they've been working on something for a long, long time. I like that one, Miranda. I hope you're correct there. And Cam, your third and yes. final prediction. You said now at the top of the segment, you said this one was going to be a little out there. So let's hear. Yeah, it. this is this is like shooting my shot. Like, you know, we've been hearing for over like I feel like over a year now, all this stuff with like Sega and Microsoft, like having a partnership or some sort of like or like that Microsoft was going to acquire Sega, but that's not going to happen. But I will say that. This would be just insane if Microsoft uh, Microsoft will announce a partnership with, uh, with Sega will where all future titles uh, starting in 2022 will have a timed exclusivity on Xbox. Uh, I don't know specific time exclusivity. It could be three months, like kind of like Yakuza Like a Dragon. It could be a year, you know, uh, but there's going to be some sort of it's going to come to Xbox first. Like they're going to give Sega a bunch of money and just be like release your games on xbox uh, on xbox first who knows some of them might come to game pass for uh, like day one uh we'll see but i definitely think that sega again like kind of what i said earlier with persona 5 royal coming to xbox that's the first time a persona game will ever come to xbox that is like a mainline uh game like the fighting games in the past did but you know oh actually that's not true catherine catherine came out on 360 but oh that's atlas game too but persona Anyway, it's huge. And uh, I know that Sony said, like, in the past that they were very, they found the Persona exclusivity on PlayStation to be very important. So this is huge if, if this turns uh, to reality. And I think that proves uh, the relationship that Microsoft and Sega have because Sega owns Atlas. Um, so that's, that's what I'm betting on, like, shooting my shot. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, you're a... You're a self-proclaimed big jrpg fan this is one of your favorite genres you know it well so yeah th this would definitely be a, a big deal should uh should x because that's that is you know we know we've got the western rpg on lock on xbox yeah. right just oh, yeah. even just first party they've got all these for these western rpg studios but but yeah jrpg is uh maybe a little little soft spot in the portfolio that that, that a prediction like that that what you suggest could Fix that in a hurry. So I like that. All right, so we'll see. Again, join us live starting at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern this Sunday, June 13th. And we will be with you live for our pre-show, then the actual conference, and then the post-show immediately after. So it's our favorite time of year. Join us. It's going to be fun. By the way, um, just because I know I can, I can hear the comments being typed from here in the past as they get typed in the future. <laughs> None of us said anything about Elden Ring. I was going to say that. I'm so glad you mentioned it. It doesn't exist. I'm not convinced now. They promise something. They're like, no, I'm not sorry. What, 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 what's Elden Ring? I don't know. <laughs> I feel so bad for the fans because every time anything happens, you're like, 
Elden Ring, maybe? And I'm like, sorry, guys. It looks like it's not time. I, I don't know. It's I have zero faith. Yeah. So on behalf of our audience, let's go. Let's say hopefully, you know, on the Xbox stage, which is where we first saw Elden Ring, we're going to see Elden Ring again from software and George R.R. R. Martin partnering up on uh, a new action game. So we'll see. We'll see if we see that this weekend as well. Let's get to the news now. There is plenty of pre E3 news to discuss. By the way, uh, I want to go on record. I cannot wait to just be back in L.A. with all of you in person next year rather than doing this virtually. Like, it's great that we are having an E3 and get to do it. But, man, I, I miss being back there and and uh, just like in the eye of the hurricane, as I always like to describe it. It's, too. it's my favorite time I always have like special outfits picked out and I get like new notebooks for like all the notes we got to take. Um, I drink a lot of water in preparation for all the not healthy drinks and food that we get late at night i really miss it well yeah here, here's hoping if e3 survives long enough to even have an in-person <laughs> event next year we'll see all right but for now we are doing it virtually and uh, we're gonna enjoy it. we're gonna have fun all right news wise rainbow six quarantine has a new video game name because quarantine yeah, not really going to cut it anymore. Not, I wonder why not, they changed not, it. Not a good name. No one's going to want. No one wants <laughs> that. Not a good name. No one wants that. So it's being renamed to Rainbow Six Extraction, which I presume is what you are trying to do in that game: is get the hell out um, <laughs> of whatever it is. Because if it was a quarantine and now it's an extraction, you could put two and two together. But. Uh, yeah, this this we know we're seeing it at the Ubisoft Forward. They confirmed that this week. So uh, we know we're seeing Far Cry 6. We know we're seeing Six Extraction. Uh, yeah, Destin, what are you what are you hoping for out of out of a new Rainbow Six? I mean, not this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really like more traditional Rainbow Six gameplay. I really like what they've done um, with Siege. Um, extraction, I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. Again, it's the zombie theme, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm just, I, I said it on the last show, I'm just like, okay, another zombie game. Uh, unless they do something truly unique, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I might play it a little bit, but I'm, I'm really not that hyped about this one, and I'm, I'm the hype guy. I'm sorry, but <laughs> zombies just aren't doing it for me. Well, anymore. you know, it's funny. We have, we have this. We have Aliens Fire Team. And we have back for blood. So it's like when it rains, it pours. This this suddenly I'm, I'm this, gonna be a hip I'm gonna be a hypocrite right now because back for blood does do it for me and it's oh a zombie game. But it's oh, left yeah. for dead. Well, you you have yeah. to play for dead, your right? kind of zombie game though, right? And that's the thing is like mm. Ryan, as you're saying, when it rains it pours, it's like if I only ever had one MOBA and it was League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm, I would have been sat or my life would have been missing something without Dota 2. Like, you have to have that variety there because they all present something very different. The way they play is going to be different. So I think it's just going to be about, like, which kind of gameplay do you and your friends connect with? And that's where you're going to go. And I think that's, yeah. I don't know, that's great. Have some options. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For me, for me to answer Ryan's question, it's definitely back for blood versus it just seems like it's trying to be <laughs> for blood. So I'm like, I'll just play back for blood. Oh, yes. I mean, to be I've... fair, we don't really know much about it. Like we've, we yeah. just, you know, it's uh, it remains to be seen if it's going to find a way to differentiate itself. Cam, what 
What uh, does the idea of this Rainbow Six spinoff do anything for you? Not really. I I miss like the single player or like co-op shooter campaigns that uh, Rainbow Six did. Um, I, I remember I was super hyped when I saw all the stuff for like uh, Wildlands, I believe, if I remember. Uh, Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon mm -hmm. Wildlands. Yeah. Uh, which is another Tom Clancy title. I know it's not Rainbow Six, but even that I was like super hyped for when I first saw it. And then like when it came out, it just came and I like, I didn't get it. It came and gone. And like Rainbow Six is kind of like the same thing for me. It's just, I don't, they just don't really speak to me. Like, I think the last time I really played uh, Rainbow Six was New Vegas? Or not, uh, or is that Ghost Recon? Rainbow Six Vegas, not... Rainbow Six Vegas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, across Rainbow Rainbow Six Vegas. Fallout New Vegas and Rainbow Okay, okay, Six yeah, Rainbow, Vegas. Rainbow Six Vegas, yeah. Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2, I try, like, I played uh, those a bit, and uh, I enjoyed those, but that's that's kind of like what I want from Rainbow Six uh, to, to get me back in. Siege, Siege is great. Like I do like Siege. Yeah. And it's yeah, still Siege, going very strong. Yeah, mm -hmm. Siege is great. It's great how uh that that game kind of just did a U-turn. Like it was kind of okay and then it just got better and better. But I just know that that, that is a game that you have to like commit to to be really oh, yeah. good at. And I just don't don't want to commit that time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been what a that you Cam, you're reminding me of what a strange journey the Rainbow Six franchise has been on over the years. I mean, I, I'm old enough, I know I'm the old man here, I, I'm old enough to remember the original on PC, where you actually, in that game, you would actually draw up, like, you literally set where your crew, where your guys were going to go, like, you kind of made a tactical plan, and then you went in and executed that plan, mm -hmm. and it was, it was very much a tactical shooter, and then you had, uh, then you had Rainbow Six Two, which, Two, I don't remember if two came to Xbox or not. I don't, but three definitely did because Rainbow Six Three was that was the big breakthrough one on the original Xbox. It had you could you could put your headset mic on and actually give your AI commands in the single player game. You'd be like, go go go, oh. uh, which was pretty cool <laughs> at the time. Cool. And then of course for multiplayer, that game was that was the it was the, awesome, the big right? hit. <laughs> yeah before because it, it was the year before halo 2 so that that game was the thing on xbox live for about a year until halo 2 hit and then and then yeah like then they moved to as you said cam rainbow six vegas which was great like that moved into more of the cover cover based uh sh you know tactical shooter and, and there were then there was a quick sequel to that and then it disappeared for for many years, many, many years. No Rainbow Six until uh, finally there was there was one there was one that I, I'm trying to remember the name of Destin or Miranda. If I don't know if you guys concept. What was it? Patriots, right? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. The concept where like yeah. there's a hostage on a bridge and yeah. Like yeah, you forgot Raven Shield. Oh, fine. Well, but that was like a standalone yeah, kind of a sort of a standalone expansion type deal, as I remember. Right. Yeah, that was OG Xbox though, and it came out after uh, Rainbow Six Three. I, I I played that game a lot, yeah. and then uh, that was the yeah, game because there was, was also there was. I remember I reviewed Rainbow Six Lockdown, which was I think also mm -hmm. for the original Xbox, and that was not good. That was that was uh, that was like a quick <laughs> didn't play that one. But um, but yeah, Vegas was great, and then yeah, there was Patriots, which Patriots actually got far enough along where I went to a preview demo of it at one point. Like I saw oh, that really? game uh in 
running <laughs> and then they ended up not proceeding with it. And then finally, here comes Siege, which is, you know, proven to be absolutely just a total juggernaut for, for Ubisoft. And now we'll see what happens with Extraction. But yeah, I mean, it's funny in hindsight that <laughs> that this had the name Quarantine on it. I mean, the only the only way it could have been worse is if it had been called Rainbow Six Pandemic. That would have been the other the other like on the nose, like, well, OK, I guess this isn't going to work. But um, yeah, Rainbow Six Extraction it is. We'll see more of that at the Ubisoft Forward E3 press conference. Speaking of Ubisoft, they are reportedly, according to a leak here, working on a Tom Clancy Universe PvP game that combines Splinter Cell, The Division, and Ghost Recon. So hear me out here. Here's, here's the story from IGN. <laughs> Images from an in-development game codenamed Battlecat have leaked online, showing something that combines several of Ubisoft's largest Tom Clancy games into an objective-based PvP multiplayer game. The images posted to Twitter by the account Zero Bytes Zero have been reported on by VGC, which claims the information is authentic and relates to a first-person shooter in development at Ubisoft for PC and consoles. Battlecat is allegedly in early stages of development uh, and will not be shown at the Ubisoft Forward later this week. Zero Byte Zero claims that testing began around January, and uh, Battlecat appears to allow players to take on a role within one of four prominent Clancy Universe factions. Echelon from Splinter Cell, the Wolves from Ghost Recon, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint specifically, and the Cleaners and Outcasts from The Division. Each faction has their own specific playstyle, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's a lot, and that's <laughs> Cam. Let me go your way first. Does this uh, does this sound like something awesome to you, or possibly the opposite? I don't know. I could see opinions landing anywhere on the on the spectrum here. I don't like it. I don't like it. It it like it, it. The thing is, like, even if I don't like this, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, just because they have so many multiplayer focus games already that like why make another one to potentially like drag people away from the other games that they are already playing like siege is huge for honor's uh for honor still kicking uh the division two is like you know a live service game i don't i don't see why you would do like why you'd make a game like this um and, and skull and skull and bones is supposed to still be coming like and i've been waiting <laughs> for that game for a minute because i you know if you enjoyed black flag which uh, assassin's creed 4 a lot of people like that game and that's what skull and bones like was seemingly going to be it was like hey you like black flag well here's this as a life service game and i'm like i'm listening so um we'll see about that but yeah i just eh, i don't i don't know what i don't no no not for me not for me miranda you feel any better about it <laughs> I mean, so I, th that was mostly because one, I don't usually play Ubisoft games, and two, because a slow first-person shooter does not sound like something I personally want. Um, I think Cam kind of hit the nail on the head of like, who is this for? Like, are you trying to kind of cannibalize like the audience you already have, or are you like trying to say, hey, Division people, what if you play a PvP game here? That's a little different, but then you hear Splinter Cell, and like I, I know you can work in like these really tactical sort of stealth 
um, characters into shooters. But just when I think of that, I think of it like peak stealth. And I just don't see this being... I think it would be like really difficult to mesh all these different kind of shooting play styles together. And again, it would be like a slower experience, which again, is just not for me. I'm very much a Call of Duty person, low time to kill, like just front in one man army kind of deal, uh, which is, you know, that's good. As I was saying earlier, great to have options for everyone who wants to play different ways. But yeah, for this is just kind of strange, but you know, it could work. Who can say? We don't actually know anything about it, so, you know. Yeah, we haven't seen it in actions, so, like, but just on paper, it's just, like... this is also a reportedly working on, like, this could be just someone having a good time in the office being like, hey, what if we put all these characters together and have an office game? Or it it could be something they're prototyping and might not end up going ahead with. You never know. Exactly, exactly. Destin, your your thoughts here? Is this, this like, a peanut butter and chocolate situation, or is this just, like, taking all the... All the, uh... (laughs) sides of your meal and just scrambling them all together and having a big ball of mush um it's like that but worse uh this is sounds not appealing whatsoever to me please don't make this i think it's real because i hate it so much i tweeted the following can we please please just make a splinter cell game stop shoving sam fisher into every in rabbits he's in He's in uh, Ghost Recon. He's in everything. We just want a Splinter Cell game. We've wanted a Splinter Cell game for like 10 years. My tweet has 2.3 thousand likes, and I know that's not huge or anything, but like, come, people clearly want Splinter Cell. Stop doing this. Could you, anyway, that's could you, that's their whole that's their whole brand initiative, though. They're going to do more games like that. So get ready for a lot of this over the next few years. Uh, we soft as said they're going to continue to do AAA games, but I'm not shocked to hear that this is being developed, and I think it's true. And I Ryan, hate it. Ryan, a hypothetical for you. Yeah. During the UB forward, what if they announced the new Mario and Rabbids game, and like it's like Mario and Rabbids and Sam Fisher. <laughs> It's just a rabbit wearing the the Sam Fisher outfit. They did that. Hey, hey, can we get the rabbits out of here? I just don't like thinking about them. Oh, that's right. Miranda is like... Xbox show. We don't talk about Nintendo games I know, I know. I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing to put Sam Fisher in that's still Ubisoft. I hate rabbits. I loathe them. They are disgusting. Disgusting. And I don't want them in this show. <laughs> so okay. that's it. Wow. Yeah, we I forgot all about Miranda's Bunny, incredible Bunny allergy to the rabbits. It's so gross. Bunny Fisher first appeared in uh Rayman Raving Rabbids 2. So yet another appearance of not Sam <laughs> yeah. Fisher wow. in a not Splinter Cell game. Splinter wow. Cell Blacklist. Let's find out when that came out. That was 2013. I reviewed it for IGN. Yeah. It was right oh, at the yeah, tail so end of the 360 generation. Yeah, it's been it's been eight years. Uh, yeah. And and I will add, there has been a first person multiplayer Splinter Cell game that was already perfect. Spies versus mercenaries. Yeah, it was rad. Uh, the original. And the, the, actually, I didn't really like the implementation of it in Blacklist. Uh, you got to go back to to Pandora tomorrow and Chaos Theory. That was those two. Oh, my God. I spent hundreds of hours playing that with my friends it was so much fun i mean for those of you who may not be aware i'll just i'll make this quick but what made spies versus mercenaries amazing is it was it was two 
genuinely bespoke experiences, which is not unlike what's being pitched here with this mm-hmm. new thing. But it totally worked because it 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 was in the hands of talented people. And I'm not saying this new thing wouldn't be, but uh, it was you you were it was two v two originally, and then they expanded it to three v three. So you had a t- a team of spies who could not kill unless that you they got up and and snapped behind you and grabbed you and choked you out and snapped your neck. But um, so they just had gadgets and they were trying to get into an objective and they played from a third person camera and they could go, you know, they could crawl up on pipes and on the ceilings and do all the things that Sam Fisher can do. And then the other team, the mercenaries were so their job was to stop them, was to defend the objectives. And uh, they were first person, full lethal kits, guns, but they moved slower. It was one of it's genuinely one of my favorite multiplayer experiences of all time. You see, it is, the, the thing about that is it's focused, right? Yes. Like it's very clear rules. This is taking four different factions of things and meshing them together. <laughs> like that is going to be a hard thing to do. I think. Well, I think it'll be hard to do well and make it all yeah. fun. Sadly, Maybe I the- don't even I don't even think you can play spies versus mercenaries anymore. Like I, I, I think all those servers are if they're even still up, they're probably empty. But. I think the reason I have such a strong reaction, Ryan, is because yeah. they keep doing this. It's like the goggles and it's rabbits, the goggles and it's a ghost recon <laughs> DLC, the goggles. And now it's going to be this weird thing that's not Splinter Cell. Yeah. And it's like this franchise that so many you love. I love so many people on the Internet love. And it's just like, what is going on? Like, why is he being shoved into all these other properties? And I, I think that's why I have such a strong reaction, because I'm just done with it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's going to be. If it is revealed, it just feels like it's another one of those almost, but not quite. They're like playing with our heartstrings, and I don't like that. <laughs> and you're le- you're even leaving out what I think is the most recent one, which is when Sam Fisher became an operative in Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. So <laughs> he just keeps popping up everywhere except his own game. Mm. So yeah, we'll see about this. This is a this is a very interesting one. We'll keep an eye on it. But either way, it looks like we will not if it's real or not, we will not be hearing about it this weekend. Next, uh, we're starting to run out of time, but we've got some just E3 showcase stuff. So a possible want to emphasize rumor here, but possible leak from 2K. Some of this may be at E3. Some of it may not. But uh, this is from Reddit and Schreier has has sort of said, oh, yeah, some of this is he's kind of signed off on some of it. We're looking at a Borderlands spinoff featuring Tiny Tina. We're looking at a new Marvel game from 2K and a very early development action game. So that's uh, not not much there. But the Borderlands game is allegedly codenamed Daffodil, and it may be called Wonderlands or Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, both of which have been trademarked by 2K. So that's a pretty good indication. It's said to be in a similar gameplay style to other Borderlands games and features playable multi-class heroes. Uh, Destin, are you yep. are you up for some more Borderlands? Um, yeah, sure. I, I played through Borderlands 3 and I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't really come back for the DLCs. I dropped off after like the main, the main game. Like I played a lot of that. I got to like the highest level and I was like, OK, I'm good. And uh, they they weren't able to hook me with the the DLC content. But what was the prequel? The pre-sequel? Pre-sequel, the pre-sequel. Yeah. pre-sequel. yeah, the pre-sequel that they did. That one that one was, you know, regarded well by by mega fans of Borderlands, I think. But uh, yeah. I, I have to imagine they're doing the same thing here. And I, I think it'll go over well with those people that love Borderlands. But will it 
expand into a wider market appeal, that that's what would be more interesting to me. You know, I, I think they're marketing this to Borderlands fans uh, specifically, and maybe they get some, some, um, you know, a few extra people in the mix there. Cam, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm a huge Borderlands fan. Um, Borderlands 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. And Borderlands 3, story didn't meet expectations, but the, the gameplay was definitely the best the series has ever been. Um, so I'm always down for more Borderlands. I hope that this is implemented in a way that makes sense because I'm one of those people that like care about the story in Borderlands and how the events uh, progress. Um, so I I hope how that's implemented it takes place some time after borderlands 3 because i really just don't see how it would make sense of it being in between two and three again or tales and three right um so so but yeah i'm always down for more borderlands miranda are you are you into this series at all no (laughs) (laughs) tales of the borderlands is the only uh borderlands game i really cared about just just i just never clicked with it yeah, I tried playing it, I think, in college or something, high school, and was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I love first-person shooters, and yeah. I love Diablo, so on paper, I should love Borderlands, but something about it just never really clicked with me. Not, so, I don't I don't hate it. It just Right, yeah, just, it's just, just not for me. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I love first-person shooters. I do not like Diablo. So it's like, oh, that <laughs> makes sense that I just did not connect with this game. It's just not the kind of game that I want to play with. And, and back in the day... I didn't have to play everything. So I was just like, I'm going to put this down and never come back to it. But um, I'm with it's you, fun. though. T- Tales from the Borderlands is my favorite Borderlands. And it's yeah. it's arguably, I actually, I would say, well, this say may it. be a hot take, but it I actually w- think Tales from the Borderlands take. might be Telltale's best game that they've ever done. Wrong. Like it's it's wrong. It's, it's st- wrong. start to finish. It's just really, and I mean, I love mm-hmm. the Walking Dead season one so much. Uh, it's just probably the most emotionally impactful game I've ever played, period. Uh, and I, and uh, Wolf Among Us was great, but man, Tales from Borderlands was... Yeah. I, I gotta just say really quick that if you love the first season of... Like, if you're, you, Ryan, anyone else that's listening to this, if you love the first season of The Walking Dead, you don't even have to play seasons two and three. You really don't have to. Play the final season of The Walking Dead because that was my game of the year for 2019 over Kingdom Hearts 3, and I love Kingdom Hearts. And it's... Like it's amazing. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and also, the Wolf Among Us is the best tale tale game. I I can't argue with you on that. That Wolf Among Wolf Us Among is Us too, baby. So good, so good. All right. Uh, so yeah, I still no word on Bioshock, which we know is in development at the the new studio up there. So that must still just be just down. They're down in the I'm knee so deep worried. in code and and still grinding away on that one so we'll we'll see that when it's ready but more about that game more borderlands that's really the the name mm-hmm. of the game from gearbox and hey it's they've they really haven't done any they haven't had any success outside of borderlands for a while because battleborn didn't didn't work and they just ha- I, I can't even it's they've not done anything it's not Borderlands in a while, but about, hey, it's... What about Aliens Co- Colonial Marines? You know what I mean? We didn't talk about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's what I meant by not successful. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something. Did you ever play the, the, it, Cam? Did you play it on console or on no, PC? No. I, like, I just heard immediately, like, yo, this game is broken. Like, don't play this game. So I was just like, all right, not going to play that game. Yeah. 
It's it's not a good game, period. But on console, it was also technically really bad, which it, it wasn't on PC at least. But whew, that was a uh, that was a rough one. All right. Quickly now, we've got to move on to our final segments. And I'm actually going to flip the script real quick. I want to start with trivia because I just need to do rapid fire answers from everybody. And then we'll do our okay. loot box at the end, which is uh, which is Gage calling in one more time on the loot box with his E3 predictions that we'll react to. So that's how we started the show and we'll end with, with E3 predictions as well. So trivia, Ian Ward. Thank you so much, Ian, for writing in with your Xbox trivia question. This is a good one. I know the answer to this because I reviewed this game for OXM back in the, the you know, prehistoric times because I'm old. <clears throat> and Ian asks, the game Advent Rising was an exclusive for the original Xbox back in 2005. It released to middling reviews that uh, ended the planned franchise before it could get started. He is correct there. I, I remember it was supposed to be, I believe, part of a trilogy that never happened. One of its big selling points was that the story was written by a well-known science fiction author. Who was that author? Was it Isaac Asimov, Neil Gaiman, Larry Niven, or Orson Scott Card? Uh, I'll go our, to our guest, Cam Hawkins, first. Cam, do you know this one? I don't, but I'm going to guess B, Neil Gaiman. Okay. Uh, Destin, do you, do you, are you confident, or should I go? If you are, I'll go Miranda's way first. Not confident. Not confident. All right, hit me. Oh, you want me to go? All right. Wait, yeah. Uh, Wait, did you say not confident? I am not confident. Okay, then go I have ahead. No idea. Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, my gut said Isaac Asimov, but I'll, I don't know why, but Orson Scott Card sounds right. I'm going to go D. Ah, I'm going to go A. I'm going to go with my gut. Okay. Go with sticking with the gut. Miranda. I don't know Larry, so C, Larry. All right. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Not Neil Ian has stumped us, stumped you all. Okay, Destin, oh, Destin, <laughs> it was Orson Scott Card. You were so close. I, I thought knew, you had it. Oh. It was not Neil Gaiman for you sure. There. It's definitely Neil not. Gaiman's no, the only. Neil, he wouldn't write. No. No. Neil's the not only at that time. Author that I knew, so I was just like, <laughs> "All right, I'm going to go with the one I know." Is Isaac Asimov the? Now I got to look up Isaac Asimov. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, wait, what else did you do? Uh, Ian gets bonus points for stumping everybody, but yeah, he wasn't Advent alive. Rising, written a story <laughs> written by Orson Scott Card. I, I really like that game. It was technically a mess; it just didn't run well. Uh, but the story was really good. It had this really great power progression where you know you got more and more powerful as the game went on, and the story was really good. So I, I think I gave it. I want to say maybe I gave it like a seven, something like that, or or a high six. For OXM back in the day, I'd have to go back and look it up. But oh, Larry's a good pick. I was like, I know this guy. He did Ring World. Okay. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, if you if anybody else out there wants to throw out a trivia question, send it our way. Unlocked at ign.com is the email address. Include the question. Include the four multiple multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email. And we might feature your question on an upcoming show. All right, quickly now, the loot box. Gage, you are up, my friend. We've had him on once before on the loot box, but he, I figured this was a very timely one. If, if I didn't air this one this week, then we'd never use it. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hear from Gage. But a quick reminder first that I would love to have more video loot box questions from you guys to choose from for each week's show. 
I love these. I love featuring somebody from the community on each week's episode. So to participate, just video, just film yourself asking a general Xbox discussion topic and put it on Twitter and tag me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Otherwise, I won't see it. Gage, take it away with your E3 predictions. What is up, IGN Unlock crew? This is Gage once again with a little loot box contribution. This time, not so much a question, uh, but some E3 predictions for you, as I know this week will be the predictions show. I'm very excited about it. First and foremost, contrary to previous statements, Halo will launch with a battle royale for the multiplayer suite day and date. However, I predict also in that prediction that uh, the multiplayer suite will actually come in early 2022, that they'll hit their original release date for the campaign, and then uh, push that out until 2022. Uh, secondly, and this is kind of my big one, uh, we will get an announcement that Double Fine is working on a new game in the Banjo-Kazooie IP, uh, and that announcement will come alongside the fact that Xbox Game Pass is going to now be featured on the new Nintendo Switch Pro, or Super Nintendo Switch, whatever they call it, uh, via a streaming kind of method the same way that like we've seen games like control and assassin's creed um whenever they did that test on nintendo switch uh so we'll see how that happens but yeah that's kind of a big one but i i hope game pass on switch pro uh and finally um we will get trailers and release windows for all of the following state of k3 fable wolfenstein 3 starfield forza motorsport and hellblade 2 Look forward to all your predictions. Let me know if I'm crazy or if I'm right. Give it to me. All right. Cheers, guys. All right. Thank you, Gage. Cam, what do you think of what Gage had to had to say about E3? Uh, I don't think any of these things are going to happen. Oh, um, man. You're not even letting them down gently. <laughs> no, I, I, like, you know, I'm just trying to make this quick. Like, Battle Royale, like, I don't, there could be a Battle Royale. I something tells me that there won't be i don't know at least i think that multiplayer is going to be at launch like your traditional multiplayer battle royale like if it happens i think it'll happen later in the year once like people have played the campaign and they've you know that is the focus you know um and then it's like okay you play the campaign now here's battle royale go crazy um i don't think double fine's working on banjo uh although i would love a banjo game and um when it comes to Game Pass on the Switch, oh man, I've had this conversation with people all the time. Uh, I don't see the incentive on Nintendo's side of things. Um, like Nintendo doesn't wouldn't want a competitor's subscription service on their console to stray people away from their own games. You know what I mean? So having Game Pass, which is basically the best service in gaming right now, on the incredibly successful Switch. Uh, I think that Nintendo wouldn't want that. They they want people to play their games. So I definitely don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that we're going to see Game Pass where it is right now. I don't think we're going to see it go anywhere else for now. Destin? Uh, I, I respectfully disagree. I think it would add a tremendous amount of value to the Switch. And you got to remember that if those Bethesda games are exclusive to where you can access Xbox stuff, then Game Pass becomes a tremendous value to the Nintendo IP. Now, we've seen all those redacted court documents in the Epic versus Apple versus Microsoft versus Sony versus whoever else court case. So we do know there is something cooking up between the two. I don't think there's actually a Switch Pro. Like, that rumor has been going around for two years now. I'm just tired of it. I just, I don't think it's real anymore. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I do think there is a Nintendo collaboration. I agree with you, though, Cam. I do not think there's a, a Battle Royale in the works. If it, it if 
if it is like he said um i think they would add it because fans asked for it not because it was originally a design intention and um banjo double fine doing banjo no i don't think so i i i I know there's a lot of love for Banjo out there. I, I don't imagine Double Fine jumping on that. I, I think they would continue to do their own thing. Miranda? One, there is no Halo Battle Royale. I, just a quick reminder for all you all. The 343 said that they are not doing a Halo Battle Royale. So that's not a thing. Unless they have changed their mind, which they could have. Um, and then two, they would not announce Game Pass for New Switch Pro at their show because they'll be going before Nintendo. So if they announced it, then they would be showing off the new Switch Pro. Which <laughs> Getting would be real weird. technicality here. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, one. Gage. Sorry, That's Gage. I, I could see a limited version of Game Pass coming to Switch Pro, though. Like, if it was very select games and Nintendo said, hey, we, would, we, would, we could feature these, and they work mm-hmm. something out, I could see that. But it would not be the full catalog of uh, Game Pass. Those are my, my little quick additions. And Destin, I'm sorry, but they will absolutely do another unit of a switch because oh, yeah, just it's coming historically with with nintendo <laughs> handhelds and how they um iterate on their consoles it has to happen it's coming yeah, it's, i'm just fatigued by the rumors <laughs> yeah me too people are like what do you think are coming out tomorrow i'm like who, who are you what do you know yeah. <laughs> yeah my my only contribution to this that you guys haven't mentioned is um the very last episode of unlocked in 2020 uh, we I recorded an interview with Tim Schaefer, had him on at the end of the year. And so, you know, maybe some people might have missed that episode, but I specifically put the banjo thing to Tim and he pretty, pretty solidly was like, no, we're we're doing, you know, we're doing a sequel now with Psychonauts 2 and we're going to do our own new thing after yeah. this. We're not going to work on somebody else's thing. So, Yay. yeah, it, if. If banjo happens from Double Fine, it's it's probably many many years away. It's not going to be what they do next, but I'd love to see it too, Gage. Believe me, I think they would be the perfect fit for that. All right, that will wrap it up for Unlocked 498. But again, you can get an extra dose of us this weekend. So we're coming to you live on Sunday. I gave you all that information. 9:30 a.m. on Sunday the 13th, Pacific time, 12:30 p.m. Eastern, and then stick with us for the immediate post show right after so don't miss that and then we'll have our regular episode for you again next tuesday so we're still on our regular schedule as well so you kind of get the bonus live unlocked uh, as the as the sort of bookend of of the microsoft press conference so join us youtube.com slash ign twitch.tv slash ign or of course ign.com so for cam hawkins miranda sanchez and destin legary i'm ryan mccaffrey this was unlocked 498 and we will see you this weekend be there what if you discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life that's the story of dream breachers where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. With the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a dream breacher. 
Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>